Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup, and Corey Yelland is away today. The word arthritis is a general term that means joint inflammation. It consists of more than 100 different conditions. Today, we're going to be talking specifically about rheumatoid arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis is a chronic inflammatory disorder that can affect more than just your joints. In some people, the condition can also damage a wide variety of body systems, including the skin, eyes, lungs, heart, and blood vessels. Joining us to talk about his journey using cannabis to treat and deal with his rheumatoid arthritis is a friend of mine whom I've known for many, many years, Barry Kennard of Victoria, British Columbia. Barry, it's good to see you again, and you and I have known each other pre-internet. Let's just put it that way. Pre-70s. Pre-70s. Pre-early uh, 70s, yeah, in radio, and it's great to be with you today. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> now, tell us about your, your rheumatoid arthritis and when you first noticed that something was wrong. Well, it was about eight years ago. Uh, I was at a dinner party with some friends, and we were having a wonderful time, and I got some pain in my hands that I couldn't explain. It was incredibly bad. It was very, very painful. And you never had that pain before? No, it came out of the blue. Uh, we were having dinner. Uh, the pain occurred. It was. It, it came to me in my hands. It was so bad that I thought my hands were broken. And when you feel that both hands are broken, it's mm-hmm. disconcerting. So we went home. Uh, I told my wife that I felt that I had a major problem. I didn't know what it was. Went to my doctor uh, the next day. He said, <clears throat> pardon me, it, it could be arthritis. Sent me to a rheumatologist. The rheumatologist confirmed that it was rheumatoid arthritis. And uh, told me that uh, I had a tough road ahead of me and that I could likely be, I was, I'm 66 now, I was about 57 at the time, said that in seven or eight years, if I don't uh, begin medication right away, I'd probably be in a wheelchair. Mm. And what did that do for you psychologically? Well, it was so unexpected that I, I it, it took me a long time to understand what was going on. Yeah, I, you had to process it. Well, right? yeah, I'd been yeah. really, really healthy. Uh, I, I was fit. I was uh, active. I ran. I walked. I exercised. I did all the things you were supposed to do. And this happened to me, and there was no sign of it in my family. My parents had no indication of arthritis. My brother uh, has no indication of arthritis. So I couldn't believe it and refused to believe it for a while until such time as I got the testing done at the rheumatology clinic. The rheumatologist said that I do have it. There's no doubt about that. And they suggested that here's the regimen that we would like you to do and uh, we can help you. And that's sort of what I did. What is the test for rheumatoid arthritis? Well, it, it's, a, it's a blood test. Uh, uh, you know, in layman's terms, which I am, it's it's a C-reactive uh, protein. Protein, yeah. And my understanding is, when that protein is elevated, then that's an indicator that you've got inflammation in your system, and typically that would be in the rheumatoid arthritis family. And they specifically said I had that kind of arthritis. There are other kinds: psoriatic, 
uh, is another. This one was rheumatoid. This one was the one that I thought was most frightening and the one that I had. So that's how we began to process it. So you went to the rheumatologist. He confirmed you had rheumatoid arthritis. What happened next? Well, we went home, and I was <clears throat> I was uh, in you know uh, psychologically damaged by it. Uh, my wife was very supportive. She said, "We'll fix this. We'll help each other, and I'll I'll help you through it." I, I listened to the rheumatologist. Thought that, uh, gosh, is this how I'm going to end up in seven or eight years? At 63 or 64, I'll be confined to a wheelchair. I didn't want that to be the case, so we uh, started the medications. There were several uh, well-known arthritis medications. Like what? Well, the, the one that I most recall was, is, is a medication called methotrexate, which is a cancer drug and very effective, I think, for some folks that have cancer. And it was, I was told, the most effective along with a couple of other uh, drugs that I don't remember. I'm sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. They will help you and they'll, they'll, they'll limit the damage. They won't cure it there is no cure for rheumatoid arthritis but they will help slow the 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 progression of the disease and so we went on uh, methotrexate and uh was on it for a couple of years and felt that it was uh it was hurting me and it was making me worse and it was psychologically damaging me and again i i don't want to say to anybody that methotrexate isn't great it probably is for something it wasn't for me Mm-hmm. It was it was bad for me, and the disease wasn't getting any better. So what did this methotrexate do to you that was so damaging in terms of, of the way you could function on a daily basis? Well, I could function just fine. I, I, my, 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 I was psychologically, I thought, damaged by it. I, I was depressed. I was, it was making me depressed. I don't know much about depression. I certainly know a lot about it now because I have suffered from depression, not necessarily because of this, but I think in conjunction with this drug. It reacted, in my view, as a real negative impact on me psychologically. So I felt that I had to stop taking it. It's interesting you mentioned depression because uh, I've known you for a number of years. And when you told me your story uh, last summer, even before I was involved in in doing this podcast with Corey, uh, you were not a person who I would say was a depressive person. You were very optimistic. And to hear the fact that you got depressed was kind of – it was astounding to me mm-hmm. because it was the total opposite of who you really are. Well, it wasn't just <clears throat> it wasn't just depression. It was clinical depression. I was diagnosed with clinical depression. I went to counseling. That's how serious it was. I was so concerned that I was, I was, I was reacting negatively to myself and the people around me and my wife who's been with me longer than I've known you. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, you know, there's something wrong here. We need to get some help. So I I went and got uh, saw an incredible psychologist. She helped me. She, had, she said, "You are, I'm diagnosing you as clinically depressed. And so that was sort of what got me on the road that I'm on now. And uh, A, being depressed and having arthritis was something I didn't want to kind of have controlling my life. So I thought i should make some changes so how long were you on these drugs i was on methotrexate for about three years and uh i've been off methotrexate now for about five years Mm -hmm. and the drugs were doing what to you nothing except depressing me and 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 and, uh doing nothing for your rheumatoid arthritis nothing nothing at all nothing at all nothing at all no i and again i don't know that i was getting worse and the argument could be that because of the drugs, I wasn't getting worse. I, I can't quantify that. I don't know. 
But what it wasn't doing was making me feel better. It was making me feel much, much worse. So physically, they weren't working. No. Mentally, they were working, but in a very negative fashion. They were damaging me negatively, psychologically. And uh, that's sort of why I'd stopped taking sort of everything. So did you go back to your rheumatologist and say, hey, these drugs aren't working for me? Yep. And uh, with all due respect to the rheumatologist, he said these are the gold standards. These are the these are the these are the medications you need to take. And if you don't, I won't be responsible for what happens. And I said, well, you probably won't be anyway. But uh, I'm going to make a personal decision here. I'm going to try to find another way to improve my health. And I'm going to have to do some research because I wasn't smart enough to understand what I needed to do. And so I started looking at other forms of uh, of uh, of help. And I didn't know what they were, but I wanted to do some research, and uh, that sort of took me to where I am today. So when you were doing your research, what led you to try cannabis? Uh, happenstance. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it was as simple as I was walking by the, the, local, uh, the, the local compassion club in Victoria. At this time, there, weren't the, there, there wasn't the access to uh, cannabis that there is now. Mm-hmm. You needed to get medical uh, documentation and I uh, didn't have that. I went into the Compassion Club, awesome place. They were incredibly helpful. They said, I explained my situation. They said, well, we don't know, but maybe this can help. Get a letter from your doctor, bring it back, and we'll, we'll start helping you. And uh, that's sort of what I did. Now, what did your rheumatologist say to you when you told him that you wanted to try cannabis? Well, his exact words, as I recall, uh, were that uh, the gold standard is the medication that we've tried and that we've got you on. There's no science that says cannabis or any other medication will help, so I'm not going to support your theory about trying it. And I asked him if he would sign the letter that I needed to receive the cannabis, and he refused to do it. So I I had to let him go. So you you fired your rheumatologist? I fired him, yeah. Yeah. And So how did you get the letter? I went to my family doctor, who thankfully was, uh, in my view, uh, receptive to my needs, and he was. Uh, he he said, I, "My job is to help you in any way I can." Barry, I don't know the first thing about uh, marijuana or cannabis, but I'm supportive. If you think it's something that can help you, I'd happily sign your letter. So we talked about it. He 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 did a bit of research on his own. He said, "I don't know what it can or can't do. I'm not I'm not recommending it, but I'm not going to I'm not going to be a, a detriment to your uh, to your your your, your journey." So uh, he signed my letter. I took it in and. Seven or eight years later, here I am. Boy, you were lucky to find a doctor like that. I thank him every day. Yeah. And I, I, he knows that, and I talk to him a lot about it. He helped me with my depression. He, uh, he, he, he suggested I get uh, counseling for depression relative to the, what I thought the drugs were doing. Might have been other things involved, too, but uh, he's been incredible. And I, the only thing I would say to people who are contemplating doing what I did is get some support. You know, get the, all the support you can. When you started taking the, the, the cannabis, how do you take it? I take it in the form of a vaporizer. I don't like smoking. Mm-hmm. Smoking isn't good for my lungs. Uh, I've, I've, uh, I, I, so I didn't want to do that. So <clears throat> I got a vaporizer, and it's a, it, it, it heats the, 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 the herb, and you, you, you inhale it. Uh, like you would anything, but it, it, it's vapor as opposed to smoke. Uh, so you don't get the burning. You don't get any of that. No. Oh, okay. No, you don't get it. It, 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 it is a vapor. 
It's uh, I, I liken it to most people can understand what a diffuser might be. Mm-hmm. We have a diffuser in our house, and it kind of has a little diffusing uh, smoke coming out of it. Yeah. It's not really smoke. It's just vapor. And that's what the vaporizers do. And that's how I use it. And I've been using it regularly, probably every day, as a sleep and a pain aid for about eight years. And it's been incredibly helpful. Do you use it just one once a day? Yep. Yeah, at night, usually at the end of the evening, we have uh, grandkids and we're very active. And my wife and I are devoted to our grandkids and uh, we mm-hmm. spend all the time we can with them. So at the end of the day, when we're alone at home and it's 10 or 11 o'clock, I want to go watch the news or read a book. I've got my vaporizer by my bedside. I, uh, I, I put the herb in. I vaporize for about 20 minutes. I read, fall asleep. I get a full seven, eight hours of sleep every night. Rarely do I get up. And in the old days, when I was on medication, I'd be up all night long in pain. But now, again, I I don't have the pain. I sleep incredibly well. I wake up refreshed. I'm I feel like I'm a new person. Barry, is there a specific strain of cannabis you use? No. <clears throat> again, Ian, uh, I'm not smart enough to understand a lot of this, the the psychology of it. What I do when I go to the, the my local uh, dispensary. Mm-hmm. I ask, I tell them what my needs are, and thankfully, the, the the business of cannabis is growing, and people are trying to understand how they can be helpful as advocates as well. So I say, what I need is I need I need to get something for pain because I still get some pain in my hands. I, 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 it hasn't gone away, and I need something to allow me to relax and sleep. I don't want to get high. I mean, that's the the misconception that cannabis is a drug that makes you high and yeah. we're all like we were in the 60s you know in the park smoking pot and speak for yourself and, yeah. and, okay. and listening to led zeppelin which, yeah. which i still do by the way listen to led mm-hmm. zeppelin but it's not that at all it, it it doesn't in my view make me high it makes me it certainly relaxes me and it just makes me sleep. And, you know, I heal when I sleep. And that's what I think the benefit has been for me is that it allows me to rest and it allows my joints to heal and relax and feel better. And so the next day I get up, I feel great typically. And uh, I'm I'm just I'm an advocate. And that's what I want to tell people, you know. Barry, if your pain on a scale of 1 to 10 was how would you rate your pain prior to taking cannabis? Well, I know that people go through much worse pain than I've ever experienced. There are people that are severely ill or have have been ill, so mm-hmm. it's it's all relative. Mm-hmm. In my scale of ten, and I'm I'm not a I don't I don't like pain, so I'm probably a weak weak guy in that regard. Mm-hmm. It was a seven or an eight uh, out of ten. You know, I'd say let's say a ten is when you break your arm mm-hmm. that hurts yeah. like heck. This pain was close to that. Okay, so it was it was close to that, and. It, to the point where I was frightened for my health, and I was frightened that I wouldn't be able to take care of myself. And I, 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 I thought that I was, it was so bad that I wasn't, I was going down a path that I thought was going to leave me infirm or not able to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. That's how it was that painful. So today, how would you rate your pain? Less than a one. Uh, I wake up in the morning. I've got aches and pains. I'm 66, so I'm, I, I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been pretty active in my life. Again, I wake up with aches and pains. Typically, I shower. I get. I, I start moving, and two or three minutes after I'm up and I'm making the coffee, I feel fine. I don't have any pain. Again, I've got a few aches in my in my 
it, my ring finger on my left hand. That still yeah. Tell me. us that story. Well, you know, it, 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 that, that's where it all started in my left hand, and then it moved over to my right hand. And the pain that I suffer, any and again, it's really it, I've got to describe to you that it's really relative pain. It's it mm-hmm. it's not really pain. It's just a, a discomfort more than anything. Uh, I, my gauge as to how I'm doing is if I can get my wedding ring on my finger. And right now I can't. It's There's still some inflammation there. So I'm still working on it. It's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. It's probably never going to go away. But my attitude about it and my philosophy about the use of cannabis is 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 just nonstop. And I'm a credible supporter of it. Now, the pain that you had elsewhere in your body, do you have pain in your shoulders, your elbows, your knees? I had it everywhere. 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 I had I had pain in my toes, in my arches, my heel, my ankles, my knees, my uh, my shoulders were the worst they would they would both my shoulders would would be affected by by inflammation and pain severe pain and again this is going back a few years i still remember how bad it was but again since since for the last five or six years i haven't experienced that kind of pain at all so but i do remember it well i remember that uh i ran into you and your wife on the street about 2008 and i think this is probably where it was starting Mm -hmm. and i didn't say anything to you but i i thought to myself afterwards that you looked like you were in discomfort. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I was, and people have told me that. I mean, you know, you and I know a lot of the same people, thankfully, and we're, we have friends but uh, that, w- that we both know, but a lot of people have told me that. And my, my really close friends, who I see a lot, mm-hmm. were really concerned. And they didn't say much to me, but they certainly talked to my wife, especially relative to the depression that I suffered. And it was severe. And all my friends knew about it. I probably was denying it. You know, depression is a is a is a strange thing that it affects people differently, and it affected me in a way that I it's hard for me to describe what it made me feel like. And all I know is that I have an enormous amount of respect for people who go through that, and and uh, I, I want to be able to help people if I can as a, as a lay person. So. I understand depression, and I understand the res- how it results in other things going wrong in your life. But uh, I'm just so glad that I had the support that I did with, from my friends and family to get me through it. Does the depression still impact you at all today? I would say no. Uh, I, I, I certainly understand it, and I didn't for a long time, two or three years, I didn't understand what, I, what was happening to me. So I, I had two things. I had the pain from the, 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 the disease. And I had the pain from the other disease, which was the depression, which I, th- I consider a disease. Mm-hmm. So I had two diseases, both creating pain in a different way. And uh, today I, I feel that uh, I'm not affected, A, by the arthritis that I was, and I don't think I'm affected by the depression as I was. I feel that I'm kind of on a really good path now. I have a friend who has uh, – I worked with him in the 80s, and he has – glaucoma mm-hmm. he's uh blind yep. and he has depression very bad depression and uh, i'm trying to get him on uh, cannabis oil he tried the the high thc and because of his depression it caused problems yep but i asked him one day i said if you had to choose between being blind with glaucoma or being having depression what would you choose he said i'd choose glaucoma he says depression is absolutely horrible because you become someone you you know you're not. 
And you're the only one that knows that. That's right. And I, uh, I understand how he feels, and I, 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 I'm with him there. I, I, I can't imagine someone having to make that decision. But uh, mm-hmm. the depression for me was really severe, way worse than the difficulty I was having with the arthritis. The depression was much worse. And so do I connect them? Probably. Somehow I do. You know, you, you, you look at your life and you think, well, how did I get to this point? You know, because I've been trying to do everything right. Now I've got two things. I've got rheumatoid arthritis and I've got depression. That's something I've done wrong. That was a mistake that I made because it really wasn't anything I did. It was a result of things that had happened to me. And so with support and with help and with counseling, and I'm a huge fan, uh, fan isn't the right word. I'm a huge proponent, supporter of, if you need it, get it. Mm -hmm. If you think that you're being bothered by something, you should, you need to talk to someone about it because it's the best thing you can do. And that's what I did. And I, you know, as a, I was reluctant. I didn't want to go to see a, a psychologist. I didn't think I needed to, but I did. And I'm glad I did. And it took me a long time to understand that, but uh, it's been tremendous. And so I, I just feel like I'm the guy that I was when I was a kid again. So, Do your friends say to you that they really notice a difference in you physically and, and mentally? And if they do, what do you tell them you did in order to change? Well, I'm really honest about it. That's why I'm here talking to you today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I want to tell people that my experience was uh, damaging. But it was damaging to the people around me as much as it was to me. My children, I've got three incredible kids. They were all affected by what I was going through. I didn't think we were going to talk about this, but I'm glad we are. I, you know, this is really important to me. Uh, they were really affected by it, specifically my kids. Uh, my grandchildren, not so much. They're way too young because I, I really put on a, I put on a, a facade in front of them because I didn't mm-hmm. want them to be damaged. And my friends uh, were incredible, and that's why they're my friends, because they've supported me. And none of them uh, judged me. None of them abandoned me. But they all talked to me and said, you know, something, something's not quite right here. You're not the same guy you used to be. And, that, and so that really was a wake-up call. And it was a tremendous opportunity for me to understand what other people go through and what I was going through. And now I do understand it. So I, 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 I think it's terrible that it's referred to as some sort of, or it's still seen as some sort of stigma. Mm-hmm. I think that's really unfortunate. I wish it weren't. I think that in, as we evolve and maybe in, in years, people will understand that it's a disease as opposed to some sort of a problem that you've created for yourself, you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a tough one. When you when they see the difference in you now compared to what you were eight years ago, and you tell them that you were on cannabis, are they supportive, or are do you have some folks in your circle who are somewhat skeptical? Well, probably skeptical about the effects, maybe, but supportive for sure, mm-hmm. absolutely supportive. You know, and it's sometimes a. a a hurdle you have to jump over because you're going to run if you're if you're contemplating using cannabis that does have a stigma unfortunately it, there's there's no basis for it you know i've done tons of research on on the benefits of of marijuana and the, and the benefits of alcohol and you know i don't think there are any benefits in alcohol and again i'm not suggesting you stop drinking but yeah. don't try to don't compare the two they're not comparable one is a, a medicine, in my view, mm-hmm. and one is not. <laughs> and the, the the cannabis, in my view, is a medicine. It doesn't hurt you. You know, be smart when you use it. 
be in a in a quiet place and and be at home and, and don't treat it as a recreational product in my opinion treated as a, as a medication? Well, in the history of human evolution, uh, cannabis has been used as a medicine with the exception of the last 80 years when it has been stigmatized and yeah. demonized yeah. to be this uh, terrible narcotic that yeah. will drive you crazy. And yet nobody, not one person in the history of, of human evolution has died from uh, taking too much cannabis. Well, they 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 uh, they classify in the U.S. and I'm thinking Canada as well. They classify cannabis as a drug that's just as a, as dangerous as heroin, or or the many opioid drugs that were prescribed every day. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I refuse to do is take those things. You know, I'm not going to name them, but we all know which ones they are. And I just wouldn't be a part of that. Yet we'll promote those things every day, and yet we're 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 somehow not. Uh, ex- uh, educated enough to understand that there are benefits to marijuana that we we have to we have to encourage. Barry, did you make any uh, dietary or lifestyle changes in addition to taking cannabis? Yeah, we uh, we don't eat grain <laughs> and we don't eat dairy. Don't eat grain or dairy. No. Okay, explain that. Uh, well, I think in in the, in the milk side of it, uh, we we do drink milk, lactose. Free milk okay. on occasion. For yeah. my, I love coffee. I drink as much as I can. I'm addicted mm-hmm. to coffee, probably. So I like to put a little bit of cream on my coffee. So I use lactose free. But I think I think dairy affects me just from just just from a intestinal point of view. And then grain. I think uh, grain is just a. Uh, my wife uh, and I decided not to eat grain if we can avoid it. And sometimes you can't. And we're not suggesting that nobody eat grain. It, we, just we don't eat grain. We don't eat any kind of grain very much. Because uh, I can recall years ago when you were juicing carrots a lot. <laughs> oh, man, you, uh, you used to drink a lot of yeah, carrot juice. still do. Do you really? Yes, we still do. We uh, we still do all – you know, we're, we're experimenters. You know, we're, we like to uh, – we like to try things that we've heard work for other people. You've suggested many things to me uh, over the years that you've used, and I've tried them all, and they work or they don't work. And I, you know, but I certainly like to try things. And uh, so we still we still do juicing, not to the same degree because there's lots of sugar in carrots. And again, we want to be thin as we get older, and we want to be as fit as we mm-hmm. can. But uh, we we blend uh, vegetables. We have a, a, a we have smoothies. Uh, we don't eat again. We don't eliminate grain we just don't eat it if we're given a choice so if we go out to dinner and if the dinner is on your tab which would be rare and you <laughs> you're buying us dinner then that's we're going right. to eat grain so yeah we, we we just we just sort of stay away from it that's about all we do and i take curcumin uh curcumin is a turmeric uh de- derivative i think it's a great anti-inflammatory it's, it's a natural product and i take niacin as well niacin I think has helped me with with inflation inflammation as well. Niacin, do you take that's the uh, it's a, it's a vitamin B which vitamin B. which creates this flushing exactly. effect when you yeah. take it. Yeah. So how much do you take? I take uh, five hundred milligrams a day. Wow, that's, that's a lot. That's that's a lot. And you've got to build up to that. If you if you if you took fifty milligrams right now and you hadn't taken it, it would react fiercely. Yeah. It doesn't it's not it doesn't hurt you. It just makes you really hot and flushes. So I, I have to build up to that, but I've been taking niacin for probably fifteen years. So what does it do for you? I don't know. It just I think it's good for uh, it. It keeps your 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 bad cholesterol down. I had a mm-hmm. cholesterol issue when I was younger, and I was heavy. I, I I went through a weight loss program as well, 
uh, many, many years ago, uh, lost a lot of weight. And uh, niacin uh, had high cholesterol. Again, I went in to get the Lipitor. I think they recommended okay. for cholesterol. I didn't want to take that. My pharmacist suggested niacin, and that's why I use niacin instead of Lipitor. That's something else I recommend, but again, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> no, I mean, looking at you today, you look like you're in better shape today than you were 20 years ago in your 40s. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, I feel I feel great. You know, I've got yeah. three, uh, four grandkids, and I want to be really old uh, and, and live a long time to take care of them. And uh, so we'll do what we need to do, and uh, we're just trying to do the best thing we can. And we, we listen to people. I listen to programs like yours. I, I try to understand what other people are doing. I'm an advocate. I, I'm, I've, I've offered to volunteer in the cannabis community to tell people that, you know, here's what my experience has been. And I'm a proponent, but uh, it's it's everybody's unique and individual. So I'm I'm happy to help if I can. Do your three kids know what you do? Absolutely, everybody in my life knows what I do. Yeah, everybody, all my work, my people I work with, those that are interested. I don't promote it because you know it's it's, it's nobody nobody really cares. But uh, yeah. oh, all my friends know. They're all incredibly supportive. My children all know, and uh, you know my wife uh, is is a supporter. Uh, she uses cannabis a little tiny bit as a, as a, as a topical. She uses it to, it's great for, you know, we use it with coconut oil to clean your hair. If you have any eczema on your skin, it's wonderful for that. I think it's just a, mm-hmm. there's, it's a, it's a, there's so many things that cannabis is good for. And there's so few things that it's not good for, in my view. I think it's a tremendous product and I think it's a tremendous, uh, of medicine and uh, i'm sorry that so many people have suffered because of their use of it i think we're really in the forefront of a really a change in in public attitudes toward this plant because that's all it is yep. it's just a plant and one one of the things that people many people don't realize is that you can juice the cannabis plant and you don't get high in order to get high you have to have a thc in the plant right. and you have to burn it right in order to activate the thc yeah but I think when Canada legalizes marijuana next spring at some point and it becomes legal for those individuals who are 18 years of age and older, I think you will really see an explosion in people trying it yeah. because the demonization of, of this particular herb uh, will diminish over the years. Well, I think that's already happened. I think the uh, the government is way behind the curve. I think the community is way ahead of the curve. I think there are lots of people who have for years been using cannabis as a medicine. As you've suggested, it's been used for thousands of years. I, I totally get that. But more importantly, it's become sort of – I want it to become sort of mainstream so that you don't have to go and spend all your money on, a, on, an, on an opioid to relieve your pain or on a painkiller that comes in from the big pharmaceutical companies. I'm not supportive of them at all. I think they're, uh, that's a whole other story. But uh, what I want to say to people is that, you, you know, you, you, you should at least explore the opportunities. If you have pain or you have depression, uh, I'm not suggesting that it will work or won't work, but it's certainly worth looking into. And, and you can get lots of support online programs like yours are, are awesome to talk about it. And, uh, you know, I think it's. I think. I think the curve is the, the community is is ahead of the curve. The the policymakers are behind the curve. Yeah, for to- now. totally agree with you. Yeah. Barry, thanks for coming in. My I, pleasure. Enjoy this. It was fun. Great to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Okay, buddy. That's another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. We'll be back again tomorrow. 
You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while we break it all down.